welcome to the Terrible Tirades podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm joined by my brother Dale and our good friends, Paul and Adam. Today, we have a special guest, Christian. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about all things movies, from good, the bad, and the ugly. We've got you covered. So grab some popcorn and settle in for a wild ride. I'd like to note right now, before we actually get into the episode, that that was created by the AI uh, chat GPT, the intro. And um, I definitely had to preface that because, or I guess it's not a preface because I didn't say it before I said it, but I definitely had to say that because it is, uh, I can't believe I said the, from the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) this message brought to you by skynet submit we are here for your good i like before i read it or before i like read it aloud i said to myself i'm not going to actually say that part because that's fucking corny as hell and then i read it anyway (laughs) i was like well i guess we're doing it boys let's go question it's written down you know i thought it was pretty genius since we're talking movies anyway um as is the theme of terrible tirades, we don't actually do intros here. Nobody knows who anybody is because I don't allow anyone to actually introduce themselves. But Christian, I'll give you this wonderful time. Uh, say hello. Uh, hello, people of audio space. Perfect, perfect. So today we we like like the uh, Chat GPT intro said we're going to be talking about movies. I myself am not a movie buff. Um, but I, I do like watching cinema as opposed to like my wife who falls asleep at every single movie ever. So I'm very excited to talk about this. I know Adam and Paul and Christian, you three are by far the most cinema buffs I know, I think on, on the earth. Um, yeah, it's a hard shaking no from Paul. I mean, I, I like to think I am when I have the time. I know Christian is a pretty experienced movie guy. I have weird tastes in movies, so I don't know how much I can contribute. Yeah, every day I'm on the, the journey to becoming that person. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I watch about a movie every day if that tells you anything. Bro, I wish I had time. Let's. Well, Let's jump right into it then, and let's go round robin. So everyone's seeing the same screen I am, right? So I have Adam in the top left, Paul top right, Christian bottom right, Dale bottom left. Well, I mean, I'm seeing everyone, just not in the same organization as you. Okay, anyway, so Adam, I'll just call out the names as I go. We're going to start, we're going to do round robin, and I want everyone to list... Potentially, I don't have to. I don't want you to say like your absolute top movie, but I want you to tell me one of your absolute most favorite movies. Uh, so this is actually not my top favorite movie. But I think it's the movie that I identify with the most, and I have to go with that, and that's Clerks. I could have guessed that. I, I based my online identity around it, pretty much. Yeah, I, I love that movie. Hey, how many blowjobs had Veronica given? <sighs> well, that's not even the right context, I don't think. We don't know. It could have been hundreds. It's 36 different guys. That's true. Before That's she met say. Dante. Yeah. Ooh. So what 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 about clerks? Is like what what is your what's the major appeal for you? It's um well, it's sort of nostalgia at this point. It's a look into the everyday life in the early 90s that's a fun part of it i mean obviously that wasn't at the time that it came out though um it was at that time it was more about just the everyman dialogue the relatability of hating your job feeling like there was nothing 
that you were really contributing with what you were doing for work. Uh, basically, the whole movie is like a discussion of that. And Kevin Smith wrote some pretty great jokes in that. Um, and a few other movies, in my opinion, although sadly it's gone downhill in recent years, his writing. I So it came out uh 1994 i i don't remember now i'm thinking about it like i don't remember too much about the story or anything i i I mean i remember the clerks obviously i remember that they're like attendants and they hate their job and it's black and white film but other than that like i don't yeah, I mean, I remember the uh, Death Star contractor absolutely uh, discussion. That's one that really sticks out to me. Now that I work with so many contractors, I'm sitting there thinking, "Did you uh, did you know what you were getting into?" With this one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's really the highlight of the movie is just the little side conversations. I mean, the actual story is about uh, one of the clerks, Dante having to pick between his current girlfriend and an old flame who comes back into town and back into his life. They're kind of both willing to entertain the idea of a relationship with him. And he's like, you know, going back and forth about them through the whole movie while at the same time sort of philosophizing about, his job and his entire station in life. I'm just watching the screen in your background of your camera. It's all like Jason X. And like, uh, sorry. Anyway. All right, Paul, let's go with yours. So what uh, favorite movie? Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be your absolute favorite movie, yeah. but like top, let's go with top three if you can. Yeah. Like, okay. So like, uh, I got three different kinds, I guess. Um, yeah, probably my first movie I said was my favorite movie. I really liked Donnie Darko back in the day, but maybe I was just trying to. I mean, it's a good movie, and but it was like one of those like, oh, I feel kind of different because I like something that not a lot of people like. Maybe you know, maybe I was trying to be cool. But I mean, it's 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 pretty good. It's it makes you think. It's a little bit goofy. I do get that vibe when I watch it now. Like this was sort of just like really early two thousands edgy kind of stuff, and yeah. I think that's why a lot of people were into it. But overall, it's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean it's it's still decent. I still enjoy watching it every time. Like it makes me laugh, and I think there's a lot of cool moments and makes you think a bit, even. Even I if see it, about time a lot too, because right, that was part of the ending. Are we allowed to talk spoilers? Spoilers! I think about how like he broke the, like the time continuum or whatever, and he had to go back to where he yeah. would have died naturally, or else the world was going to end. That's the yeah. biggest takeaway. He, he, he basically had to sacrifice himself to break the. And the he cycle. was haunted by Frank the Bunny the whole time, while he's yeah. kind of the, I, just you know. Aside from all the the, the edginess and whatever, I, I find that to be it's a it's a cool movie. I still like it. I think it holds up. Probably one of the worst uh, depiction of, depictions of was it Swayze, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. But uh, yeah, good movie. Um, and then I think more recently, um, the 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 original Godfather, that film, like really stuck with me for a while, like. That, it just kind of was like it made me feel like I know like they always say oh this movie's gonna put you on the edge of your seat that one really fucking did and not in the way like like Michael Bay claims that he's going to with like his explosions every 10 seconds or you know what the director of the marine thought you're gonna feel like after he, every single building he walked out of exploded um but it was so tense bathroom scene was just like one of the most tense and well done moments I can think of in any film. Yeah, I think that if there was an objective best movie of all time, in my opinion, like trying to strip away all the subjectivity I can from picking a best movie, I think that 
that one takes the cake. Yeah. I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and every every second of that movie is a big part of the movie. Not a single second wasted, and it holds up. And it, yeah. I don't think there will ever be a movie that holds up quite like that through time. See, this is on my rewatch list, The Godfather and Godfather 2. And I, I guess I should just go ahead and do Coda or 3 or whatever while I'm at it. But <laughs> I, my problem was I watched too many movies too early before I was ready to understand them. Because I tried to watch that movie when I was 12. And my entire thoughts about it are, oh, it was just like really long and really boring. Mm-hmm. And that's my, my whole memory. So maybe I should revisit it and I'll have a different opinion. I, I, I've done that with a few and it's gone like both ways. Yeah, I, I did that with uh, A Wonderful Life, something I was actually allowed to watch at that age. <laughs> going back, it's a great movie. I, I was going to ask if if you feel, or sorry, if you were to watch The Godfather or Donnie Darko or whatever the case may be, Today, I don't know. Let's say that you had never seen a movie up to this point in your entire life. Do you feel like they would still hold true, knowing like all the life experiences you've had up to this point, knowing like the the type of development that you've had? Do you feel like you would still feel as profound as you do? Um, do you feel, or let's say you've watched every other movie other than Donnie Darko, and you haven't watched that, and you watch it now? Do you think it would still be as profound or still hold such a high place in their ranking scheme? For Donnie Darko, I would say that would be more questionable. I think I would still enjoy it. I don't know if I would hold it as high as I do. If you're talking like I've seen pretty much everything else. I mean, if I'd seen everything, I'd probably be fucked in the head. (laughs) um, There's a lot of weird movies out there like uh, fucking... uh, Eraser head, you know, that's, that's oh, weird. Yeah, that's a fucked one. Yeah, I watched that one with Gerald. God damn, I would um, need to be with Gerald to uh watch that one. He can really put things like that in perspective for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, heightens the sense of paranoia for sure. But yeah, um, but but Godfather, I would say yes, and still hold up 100%. Um, and you said three movies, so I'm going to throw a third one in there. And this one's just going to be for pretty much the nostalgia feel. Um, just something like from my childhood that I always remember. And you may laugh at this one, but it's going to be Toy Story. The first Toy Story. I was expecting Lion right in the King. feels every time. Nothing wrong with Toy Story, man. Lion King's great, but Toy Story just like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, I just remember seeing that in the theater as a kid and really really gets me i don't know what it was i i had this over like i i had this feeling in i think it was middle school it had to have been middle school i had this feeling where i had to watch the lion king and we had it on vhs okay but i didn't have time to watch it before bed and i i was slightly feeling under the weather not so much so that i i couldn't go to school but I convinced my mom. I was like, I am feeling absolute horseshit today. I cannot go to school only because I really wanted to watch Lion King on VHS in my room. And I sat there and I, I, I got, I didn't go to school that day. And all I did was watch Lion King. I was so, I don't know what it was. And I, you know, what's funny is I wouldn't even rank that in my top three today, but at the time I absolutely had to not go to school <laughs> and watch Lion King. It is a good movie, though. Like, I would say Toy Story, Lion King, Aladdin, and Pinocchio are all like they they transcend the the realm of child's movies. There's there's deeper messages there. I once had I was once in a church where a guy preached like three Sundays about the Lion King. Uh. And how <laughs> it's God's way of telling you to let go of your past, and I mean, he's not totally wrong. I thought I thought that was Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know, bro. On the topic of Aladdin, there's an evil little part of me that wants to make a culturally appropriate Aladdin where like <laughs> uh, Aladdin buys Jasmine for 12 camels and like trading rights. <laughs> I All right. I, I have to talk about, uh, have any of you watched the Pinocchio from oh. Giotel or Guillermo del Toro? Absolutely. No. Oh, dude, it's oh, wild. my God, you got to watch it. Mussolini is a major character in this Pinocchio retelling. Yes. Uh. It's astonishing. Hmm. I liked it. I didn't love it. I mean, as far as Pinocchio goes, it's not the greatest telling of Pinocchio, but anytime someone in an animated movie looks at a puppet and says, he looks like fine fascist youth, you know, <laughs> it's, it's at least worth a cheap laugh. The way it started with just World War II, uh, the way the original kid dies... Spoilers! ...is from bombing... From World War Two playing. Yeah, the opening like five minutes is phenomenal. I mean, I'll say this. Pretty much all of the underlying meaning in Pinocchio has just been shit all over by that movie. I mean, it's like that kid dies because he goes into a church. Yeah. They replace Jiminy Cricket, the literal Jesus Christ analog with like a neurotic author version of Jiminy Cricket. I, I, I mean, I, I really liked it. I it, thought was, it was it was funny. a fun little thing. It just wasn't. It made Jordan Peterson sad. That's what you're saying. Oh, it definitely did. A hundred percent. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on to Christian. What it, you can provide your three top or your one top? I don't really care. Uh, my favorite movie has been the, pretty much the same for the last eight years or so. It's Paul Thomas Andrews, Anderson's "There Will Be Blood." I watch it every single year. It blows my mind every time. It's the reason I love movies. Uh, it meets all the criteria for what makes a movie perfect. <sighs> I love it to death. And for those who haven't seen it, it's about uh, kind of about it's it's sort of about oil, but it's more of a character study about what happens when a man's ambition gets too becomes too much of oneself, and uh, it, you know it's just got. PTA, the director and uh, cinematographer, I think his name is Robert Elswit. He uses perfect cinematography. The music done by Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead, his like his first real dabble into making uh, an original soundtrack for a movie, and of course Daniel Day Lewis. It doesn't get better acting than that, honestly. I mean. Since I work now with a lot of oil industry people and deal both with uh, the oil industry as a thing and with the bloviated egos of the people that uh, are in the oil industry, that movie is more and more relevant to my day-to-day life. I find myself quoting it a lot. For me, I wanted to mention, that when I think of that movie, the very first thing I think of is the bowling alley scene. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He has the bowling, or yeah, he has his own little bowling alley in his uh, mansion, if you will. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest endings to a movie ever, honestly. Mm-hmm. I yeah, absolutely love it. Okay, Dale, I want to know your top one or top three if you can't pick it down to one. I mean, okay, so I have weird tastes. I guarantee you my very top favorite of the most that I've watched recently is not going to be something people know, but I'll mention it anyway because it's a good film. Uh, the Island, by uh, the, it was directed by Pavel Lungin. It's a Russian film. It's actually called Ostrov, but uh, it's... It's sort of a telling of a man who uh, in World War II is forced to... And spoilers! There there are... Spoilers! I am not going to pull any punches with spoilers. Like, just don't listen to this episode if you care about spoilers. But uh, it's the telling of a man who is forced in World War II to kill the captain of his coal barge by Nazis, who uh, then kind of leave him floating for dead and uh, lives the rest of his life 
in a monastery trying to make up for it. And I don't know, it is just so... I've never seen someone try to make a movie closer to a Dostoevsky novel. And I'm a big fan of Dostoevsky. So there's a lot of a lot of subtlety to it. The ones that people would know, I think the best critically acclaimed one, like my number two in my top three, would have to be Reservoir Dogs. I know it's not the most critically masterful of uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's works, but it's just so accessible. Like, I can watch it without as much of an investment as I would have to put into, say, Hateful Eight or Django or the one that I shouldn't be forgetting very much, but I am. Glorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill. Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I mean, Reservoir Dogs is very simple. It was very early in his career, but he managed to take very little in terms of budget and make a really great psychological uh, movie out of it. And I dig that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he wrote the script and sent it to his someone who sent it to Harvey Keitel's wife, who then sent it to Harvey Keitel, and then got him like a a two million dollar budget for that movie. So it just happened to be like I gave it I gave it to someone to read, they gave it to someone to read, and then they gave it to a famous actor, and then they got budgeting for it. It's a masterpiece in my eyes. I love it. Yeah, I love Reservoir Dogs. And as far as the third one, just for nostalgia's sake for my childhood, Atlantis the Lost Empire. Oh, wow. I mean, bro. Ooh, god damn. Hot fire. It had so much to it that uh, influenced who I became later. Remember the four basic food groups? <laughs> Beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. Absolutely. It's oh, one of the only Disney movies I've never seen. What? It is well worth watching. It is good. It's oh, good. I'm angry. I actually watched that at work because I have a lot of time to do that, or at least I did uh, back in like 2019, early 2020. And I remember wishing like, oh man, I hope this holds up because like, I watched this a lot with you guys, honestly, in uh, our childhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet you did. And uh, I threw that shit on and the moment it started, I was like, oh, it just brings back so many great memories and it just holds up so well. And it's just a topic that I I love, that whole lost city of Atlanta, the sunken city of Atlantis. Oh, yeah. I feel like, Dale, you probably, I bet you can do a good impersonation of the demolition guy from that movie. Oh, what, the mole? Yeah. No, 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 no. The guy who likes to blow things up with the bowl cut. Oh, well, both of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Your basic office supplies, uh, black powder, dynamite, uh, fuses, glue, uh, paper clips, big ones, you know. Simple office supplies. Okay, but now you got to do the mole. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a scene that he was in. Think about the one where uh, Milo accidentally gets into his dirt in the bed bunk. You have to stab the dirt. <laughs> England must never mingle with France. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're moving on to Adam. Did Wait, didn't we start a with a different Adam? topic? Never mind. We're <laughs> going with me because yeah, forgot, you skipped you. I forgot me. Okay, so it, it's up to you all. But I actually, I'd rather say my favorite series, my favorite show. Okay, I'm down for that. Listen, I'm here to enforce rules. That is not what the rest of us did. You're going to need to follow the rules. Okay, so anyway, my favorite show is <laughs> Band of Brothers. Good one. I mean, miniseries, movie, where's the distinction? Where, where do we cut the TV movie line? Uh, probably at the single viewing experience versus eight to ten hour long experiences. <sighs> I mean, technically, yeah. I, I'll just tell you, I the first time I watched Band of Brothers, it was in a one sitting experience. Ooh, that's good. Hmm. I was I, very into it. I surprisingly, I watched The Pacific before I watched Band of Brothers, so it was kind of shocking to see how much more tame it was. Weirdly enough, I don't know if that's the right word, but 
I'm not sure if you've seen the Pacific, but it's like very visceral and intense. And of course, it spe- kind of speaks to the the Pacific side of the World War II versus the Eastern Front, anyways. But uh, the Band of Brothers definitely had a more warm feeling to it. I mean, it's called Band of Brothers. There's definitely a sense of brotherhood uh, throughout the entire thing. And what was it? The Battle of the Bulge was that the one of the main things? Yeah. That that whole sequence blew my mind. Oh my gosh, the Battle of the Balls in there was absolutely incredible. Who who out of you four have, have actually watched? Obviously, Christian, you have. Band of Brothers, Adam, Dale. I watched two episodes, and I kind of tapped out, but I was very young still. like around the time I watched The Godfather, you know, I was like 13. Okay, so for me, I uh, obviously, I, I'm in the Army. I joined the Army, but... That was one of the like key reasons, like other than the fact that my grandfather was in the army, he he was the absolute reason I joined the army. But um, Band of Brothers was just the camaraderie, the the motivation, the the absolute raw like feeling, and and just everything about band of brothers made me feel like that is an organization that I want to be a part of. That's something, that's a legacy that I could leave. You know what I mean? And I absolutely love that, that show because it made everybody human. You, you think about soldiers and you don't think about who they are. And that show really showed the human side of soldiers in World War II. And the my most favorite part of the show was the very beginning of every single episode where they would have an, an interview with the actual soldiers that they were depicting in the show. They would have an interview with that soldier who was still alive at the time. All of them have thus or have since passed, sadly. But um, they would have an interview with them and you could see the emotion in the man's eyes. It was so intense. Speaking of uh, <clears throat> using the actual veterans as uh, either actors or uh, consultants in the movie making process, uh, what did you think of All Quiet on the Western Front? I'm planning to watch that this weekend. I haven't watched that either. So I watched it, um, I believe it was because of you, Dale. You you were telling me something about it. I had read some things about it, and I'm like, this sounds extremely interesting, and I knew it would be up your alley. So I watched the most recent one, uh, not the, because there's three, three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the most recent one that Netflix had created, and it was good. It was very emotional. It was, and if you're not tracking what that what that movie is, it's um, a depiction of World War One uh, uh, on Germany's viewpoint, and it follows a soldier for Germany who is an incredibly young recruit, and how his mentality, how it goes from a spirit de corps and like, I will serve my country and goes all the way up. And then he realizes just how horrible everything really is. And it just goes down and it's just tragic, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything because it's a, I mean, the Netflix adaptation is newer, so it is well worth the watch. If you love, like, cinema, if you love, like, really good just cinema, that is that is something for you to watch, definitely. Well, because what I had been reading and what made me think of it when you were talking, uh, in the original, what was it, the 1920s, 19 late teens or early 20s when they made the original... Uh, right after World War One, uh, most of the extras in that movie were actually part of the Kaiser's army. Like they were German soldiers in World War One. So when they were 
helping out with the production and acting in the background. They went through actual drills that they would do in training. You know, like they had the on the ground information. It was a film that was banned in the U.S. during World War II as German propaganda because it was pro-German for being about a German. And it was banned in Nazi Germany for being anti-German propaganda for how it depicted the war. So you know it's got to be good. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's well worth the watch. But change gears. Favorite movie? So the, the thing that I remember the most from my childhood, which is really weird, given that I'm you know serving for the United States and everything, and I've been in my role for over 10 years in my career path. Um, v for Vendetta. Number one movie. I like it. Absolutely loved it. I, I just loved that. It For me, what I got out of it as a child when I watched it for the first time was standing up to a tyrant. That's how I saw it. And, and I still, today, I still see it like that. And uh, I love it for that very reason. The tyrant being the entire totalitarian English surveillance government, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Big Ben. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that movie's great. Back when the Wachowskis were brothers. They, uh... <laughs> that... That movie... That scene where uh, he uh, goes on a little tangent, but every word starts with a V. Oh, right? I love it. Fucking I, rent-free in my head. I, I, sorry, Paul. I know you got something to say, but I have to say this. Okay. Um, I, I was living with my dad at the time. and I, I My dad didn't have cable, and we were very poor and all these bad things. But anyway, he had a VHS player, and he had that movie. And I would watch it every single night, numerous times a night, until I fell asleep. And in my English class, it was like a honors English class or whatever. Um, they were having, uh, what was it called? Slam poetry or something like that. But they were having this thing where like, you had to give a poem. And I memorized that speech. With everything starting with V. I memorized it and gave it in front of the class and I aced it. I loved it, man. And I felt so like I at that time in my in in school, I was so reserved. I didn't really talk to a lot of people. I didn't really do anything. And everybody was like I'm not kidding when I say it was like a standing ovation at the end of it. And everyone was like saying, Oh, good job, good job. And I I'd only been at that school for better part of like four months. And nobody up to that point has ever said anything to me once. Nobody had. I had made no friends. I had, it was horrible for me. And I actually went back to the front of the classroom because I felt so vindicated and I felt so like on top of the world. And I was like, I don't appreciate everyone acting like I'm your friend after I sat in the back of this class as a new student for the last three months. And not a single one of you ever said anything to me one time. Ooh, and savage. I, and I actually said that and then uh, and said, I'm leaving to go back to Morgantown in a month. And so I, you know, I appreciate it, but it was a little too late. And I sat down and I remember seeing my English teacher, who I really liked, but I remember seeing my English teacher just laughing. Like he had a smile and he was laughing underneath his breath. And I, I felt so fucking good about myself because I knew I was never going to see any of these assholes again in my life. So I was like, fuck mm -hmm. these guys. I'm going to do this. All right, Paul, I'm so sorry. That took a while. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's cool. Um, so wait, one thing Christian was talking about brothers. Was this the same people that made the matrix? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was like, I can only be two brothers that I can think of. Anyways, I was just going to say, like, you know, how 
iconic you know the mask is from that movie like anybody yeah. who's ever thinks that they're like some kind of like a hacker or fucking in some secret society they're always wearing that shit with like a voice distortion on anonymous just completely took that yeah name. yeah it's is anonymous it, still a thing <laughs> yeah the they guy fox mask the whole time. i mean i'm sure it's like just your average neck beard who has a fedora and a katana and <laughs> I feel tech. You know, studied, has like one of them the big anime girl body pillows, but <laughs> yeah, I, they probably. Still I wouldn't do. know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anybody he's talking about. <laughs> hey, the, you know, it's, it's cool. If that's who you are. It's cool. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's the type of person you are. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. I'm not judging. You're just on a registry. All right. Konnichiwa, senpai. Please notice me. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, man, you did that uh, presentation. I actually had the same presentation, like memorize a poem for an AP English class. Yeah. And uh, I did not get that reaction because I memorized the Jabberwocky, which is 90% gibberish. Nice. (laughs) You know, just raw English nonsense, teradiddle, hey, fiddle, fiddle. And everyone's like, like what is that? I'm like, plebby. <laughs> you fucking plebs. Like Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Jabberwocky from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And everyone's like, I don't get it. What does that even mean? Is this like, like Game uh, of Thrones? The Walrus and the Carpenter. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. original like fucking Disney cartoon version. Pretty good, even though it was a mashup of the two books. It was it was still a good mashup adaptation. Live action, shit, complete shit. All right. So we talked about everybody's favorite movies. I'm not going to actually ask you what your worst or most hated movies are, but what I am going to ask is everybody's opinion on the biggest movie flops. That we can recall, that is. I assume that we all, uh, we're all of a similar mind for that kind of genre. I feel like it's pretty, uh, when I consider a movie flop, I think of the ticket sales. I think, well, that's not so much a thing anymore. Uh, thank yeah. you, COVID. But, um, the torrents. <laughs> you know. How many seats downloads. does this have? But what are, what would you consider? Some of the largest or biggest movie flops of our time. I'm going to have to look this up, honestly. Yeah. If they flop, I just <laughs> don't see them anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, it's trash. Goodbye. Okay, well, I mean, I can go off of Wikipedia. Yeah. So starting from the top, I have the 13th Warrior. From Never even heard of it. Oh, man. Heard that's actually-, actually not bad. I don't know. We had to watch that in uh, one of my AP lit classes, I think, in high school. And I'm just like, come on, man. You're telling me that he learned Old Norse and extremely complicated Icelandic language. And he's from the Middle East. And he learned it in like a week listening to them. Like, come on, bro. I'm, I can't I'm even reading this. a lot of these. And I'm not actually seeing a lot that I know. The next one I know, 47 Ronin. I, uh, I think they're flops for a reason. Reeves? I think they're flops for a reason, he says. None of us have seen him or heard of him, really. Yes, that's Keanu Reeves. I mean, I can tell you some, but I've never seen them. Uh, the biggest ones that come yeah. to my mind are uh, Norbit with Eddie Murphy and <laughs> The Adventures of Pluto Nash, I think also with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that's yeah. on here. Yeah. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. That's on the list. I, I did watch Norbit not too long ago, just because I think me and Amber were both just like, you know, I remember seeing this in the past, and it's here. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious. It was pretty bad, but it made <laughs> it me laugh bad. a few times. Like, but it's it's not good at all. It's like if it's like if like the like what's the the fucking nutty professor, but just way 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 worse. I wonder how Tyler Perry still has a career. Like, I can't think of anything he's made that I'm like extremely, oh, this is a great movie. 
Well, Dale, I hate to break it to you, but you do have the wrong skin color. Spoilers! Whoa. (laughs) I'm working on that. You know, this southern sun is really helping with my complexion. I don't think those movies are targeted to you. I was just having a conversation with this at work because I had the same sentiment. I was like, how is... I feel like those movies keep coming out, and I wonder why. And uh, the person who I work with is black, and she's just like, yeah, everyone I know in my family and community eat that shit up. I was like, yeah, makes sense. All right. Completely... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Paul. I don't know. There, there's a few I've, I've seen on here. Uh, the Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Nobody probably watched that. It was okay. I bought the DVD when I was a little kid because I really liked the games. And then you find out it's nothing like any of that shit at all. It's just some weird generic sci-fi movie. Um, and then another one I see on here. Uh, fuck, where was it? Um, I actually, oh yeah, it was Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell. I can see why that is on there. I enjoy that movie more than I should, though. Just because, uh, what's the, the guy who plays, like, fucking Red from, uh, Danny McBride, isn't it? And he's just, like, fucking hilarious in anything. He's just, like, talking about, like, this dream where he's like fighting a bunch of bunch of wizards. He's like, and the only way I could beat him is punching him in the face as hard as I can. And then all their wizard wives came and had sex with me. <laughs> like he just says like fucking hilarious off the wall shit. Like that movie was not made to be good. It was made to be stupid and funny. And that's what it was. And I enjoyed it. I, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Oh, good. This well, I got, I got good. two things to say. Okay. I got one thing that I wanted to bring up before you even started saying anything. But then one thing I have to say, I'm not a Will Ferrell fan, even in the slightest. I, I, I cannot think of a single movie that Will Ferrell's in that I'm like, I would love to rewatch that. I I don't like him in anything. I, I, I just don't like his humor. I don't mind him as a person. I don't mind him even as an actor. I don't like his type of humor. It doesn't, doesn't make me want to watch his movie. It it's that phenomenon or phenomena, whatever, that makes you like cringe and don't want to actually watch the film because you want to turn it off. Cause you're like, ah no, that no, no, I don't want to nah, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't know, bro. There are some films from Will Farrell's uh uh filmography that were absolutely essential parts of high school for me that I think people are still quoting no matter how old they get. Talladega Nights is really big. Oh yeah, 100%. You know. Uh Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Yeah. Anchor Man. Absolutely. Anchor Man is absolutely up there. He's very his humor is very niche for the time it was created. Like I feel like we as mm-hmm. a species kind of evolved from that kind of humor. Um That's just deep. that mid 2000s very edgy, very expletive sort of humor it doesn't hold up the same way in my opinion i can see i mean looking at it objectively i can see where sean's coming from i i I don't think i'll ever go back and watch a will ferrell movie maybe elf just for the sake of christmas but i haven't even seen that in a while i used to love that movie but i only did elf recently for my children to watch it but i get it i'm not the biggest will ferrell fan He's a good producer of things. He's good at funding things. I don't think he's good at starring in things. Yeah, I, I enjoy Will Ferrell, but um, I I can see why you why you don't. But uh, what about what about his like counterpart? Do you, do you like John C. Riley? I I think so. I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm struggling to. Because I enjoy of, him much more. I'm struggling. I, mean, I like them both. To think of a film where he's by himself without Will Ferrell. Can Can you give me an example? I can't think of a movie. I can think of a show. Like, check it out with Dr. Steve Brule, and that shit is fucking hilarious. Like, he's just so good at being this goofball character, and the fact that he'll just, like, go on, like, Conan, and he'll be like, ah, so, you know, Dr. Steve Brule, uh, tell me about your character. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's he's like a real doctor. Like, that's not me. (laughs) He's like, I have a mustache. That's not me. <laughs> no, I, uh, 
here's one that I'm going to catch some flack for. Speaking of people whose acting chops probably don't hold up to their directing chops or uh, producing chops, depending on which one they're doing. I think that uh, the guys from Key and Peel, which is the one that is starting to direct all those movies. Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he does a great job directing, but I was never a huge fan of their comedy. I wasn't. Either. It had some bits, but yeah. uh, they there's like ten skits I've seen. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's actually really good. But most of the stuff, I'm like, uh, Chappelle Show was did it better in every way, kind of. Mm-hmm. Not to compare, but like, no, I'm with you on that. But his films are good, like. They they have an energy to them that is at once sort of humorous, but also can convey that serious tone. Mm-hmm. You know, no, he's two for three for me for sure. I think I think if we're if you're going to talk about their comedy, like I, I legitimately enjoy the most of it, but I will admit they are one of those comedies where they get way overquoted to a point where it's annoy- annoying. Like, anytime someone's name is Aaron, it's always, hey, hey, Ron. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. We've all, we, we all have YouTube here. We've seen it. You don't have to say it every time someone has a silly name. The, the fucking NFL ones are pretty, pretty hilarious. I will admit. So, I have a movie that was it was a flop it wasn't a big flop because it wasn't a big budget right so it was like not much risk for even though there was no reward um but it was kind of highly anticipated because it was the movie that came uh, uh i i guess i should say this is a movie that would be considered a flop from the perspective of the director's career but i loved it and that was the next movie made by the guy who made Napoleon Dynamite. It is called Gentleman Broncos. I love that movie. Yes. I've never seen it. It's one of the weirdest movies you will ever see. And it embodies the spirit of mid-90s Midwest church people in a way that you cannot even begin to comprehend. Oh yeah. Um. What's I I I want to think of like the 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 fucking quote from that where like f- first of all, what's his name? I think it's Jeremy Clement, the guy, the guy the from guy. Yeah, the author yeah. guy. His name's like Javalier in it, but it's um Jermaine Clement, who's from uh he's like the fight oh, of the Concord yeah, to do all that yeah. music shit. But he's like this author who like plagiarizes this kid's work because he's just like a failure now but he there's a part when he's in his class and he's talking about the naming of trolls and he's like little girl what is one of the name of the characters from your movie uh teacup teacup where did you get that Uh, a troll wouldn't think of that name a little girl would traginus every time (laughs) he's like you can add anus ionus onius to any name and suddenly it becomes magical. <laughs> what is what is one of your names, little boy? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Oh boy, I haven't heard that one before. What about this, Nebuchadnezzar? <laughs> is is such a fucking funny ass movie? Yeah. All right, I I got two movies because we're getting kind of close to the end. That. I don't know why. I, I just have to bring up, and I want to know everybody's opinion on. The first one I think we can probably unanimously say that we all really love. I know, that's it's, hard, it's a hard sell. The Mummy. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I just watched that two weeks ago. Yeah? I haven't yeah. seen it since I was a kid. How's it hold up? <clears throat> oh, I mean, even better than, but I mean, it's just as good as it was when you were a kid. The sense of wonder and adventure in it just perfect the humor is actually more funny now kind of uh and i got it on 4k physical so it just it's it looked beautiful and uh, it's brendan frazier at his peak peak hollywood i, I bet in 4k that those scarabs crawling under the skin just looks so real 
I want to oh, watch bro. that. As a kid, I was so terrified of that. Like me, I'm still am. I still am. <laughs> like it's one of those things. I I would. I think Dad got tired of hearing about it, but I also think that there were probably actual bugs under the bed sheets at Dad's house <laughs> because of the conditions there. So like, I was afraid for a good reason. One of my yeah. favorite scenes from that movie it cracks me the hell. Like, it's the boat scene where the uh, the 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 dudes in black robes uh, hijack it to try and steal that map or whatever. Mm-hmm. It turns into a big shootout, and before Jonathan's character jumps off the boat, he looks over at all the Americans just shooting and having a good old time. And he's just like Americans, and they're just <laughs> like they're all laughing while shooting guns and just oh my god, it's so <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Awesome. Oh man, that's very good. The the two movies where they were talking about like bugs or parasites that scare me the most, Mummy definitely, and then the Rundown when they're talking about something crawling up your peeing tune if you're peeing in the water. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Cloverfield? That's bug horror, crazy no. bug horror. I've not oh, seen dude. it. I've not seen it. No. Cloverfield was uh, it was a weird one. It was like that. Uh, we're thinking of the same thing, right? It's kind of like a Blair Witch Project style found. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's handheld thing. camera. The, the, the alien invasion, but the aliens are like mm-hmm. bugs. It's kind of got a Lovecraft thing where you don't really see much of uh, of the enemy until the very end, and even then, it's kind of tangential. It's more. It's more the psychological side of it. Yeah, kind of. This, I mean, yeah, I'd say so. So the second film that I wanted to bring up, and this one I I love. I'll preface by saying I love it. Holds a special place in my heart. But I'm not sure of everyone's opinion on it. The Fifth Element. It's a good one. Great movie. It's good. I love it. Yeah, I like yeah. The Fifth it's... Element. I haven't seen it in so long. I forget a lot about it. I I love it. I watched it numerous times. I I specifically I remember watching it on TNT all the time. It was always on TNT as a kid. Yeah, I mean, it's got its weird costume designs and it's got a weird entertainment value to it. Kind of reminds you of like the way they did the costume design for Hunger Games, kind of where everyone's mm-hmm. just kind of dressed outrageously. But uh, yeah, I think that movie holds up. Well, I. I don't know. I think I was heavily in love with the female actress. What's that? Myla well. Jovic or whatever? Yeah, she's great. It's one of the last PG-13 movies where you sold them titties, too. <laughs> that's, that's a good fact to know offhand. I love that. <laughs> it's, at a certain point, it just stopped happening. It was like that and Titanic. We were both 97. And after that, they were like, no, no more. It's too much. I think it's healthy for thirteen-year-olds to to see a good pair of uh, breasts. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed that movie. I I think it was one of my first like real introductions to like wacky sci-fi. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, that was I like my bridge. I don't remember any movie before that, like where it's like, it's like it's sci-fi, but it's like, it almost looks like it's like sci-fi, but like New York or, you know, like some kind of a city. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fucking floating taxis and shit. And everybody's just like an asshole. It's our future. It's coming up. Chris Tucker in that. Yeah. (laughs) I got (laughs) His incredibly high pitched voice with the like <laughs> spokesperson or not I guess he was like a show host type yep. thing. I don't know. I, it's very memorable for me. I, I remember watching it and just absolutely enjoying every from start to finish every time I watched it. Good good old Gary Oldman too, doing this good old Gary Oldman villain. One of his many villain oh, wow. arts. He's always such a different character. He's one of the best actors there is. All right. I can't be sure that one of us is not Gary Oldman. You cannot be sure. I, <laughs> I cannot be certain. I don't want this show or I don't want this episode to end. 
um, because there's so much more we could talk about. But I will just go around and we're going to do this as quick as possible. I don't want you to give much explanation as to what your answer is or why, but I'm going to let you choose, okay? You have two choices to, to give me your quick answer on. It's either going to be movies or or trilogy or movie series or just movie of best soundtrack best best sound best mu- or music or biggest uh game to movie adaptation failures I feel like the first one's easier to go off of. Soundtrack. Oh, yeah. 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 Are we are we voting or are we just like going around and picking? Well, everyone, yeah, just go and tell me which one everyone would like. I the soundtrack. Okay, well then that's three soundtrack out of the four. Sure. Okay, so that was a stupid question. All right, we're gonna start <laughs> with Adam, then Paul, then Christian, then Dale, and then I guess myself. Adam. What is your most memorable or best? And you don't got to give any explanation. I just want to know. What is the best soundtrack to come out of a movie, trilogy, movie, whatever? There are a lot of great answers. And an honorable mention has to be Dazed and Confused because that's one of the greatest fucking soundtracks of all time. But for me personally, the American Pie franchise. Okay. okay, pause. Love that music. Are we doing original scores? Or are we doing just soundtracks with like real life music in it? Either one. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Whichever yeah, one is better for one. you. Gotcha. I yeah, can't I'm think not, of real life music scores really. That. Whoa, okay. that hurts. Okay, 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 okay. So Adam did his. Paul, you're next. Oh man, I have two, and they they may sound stupid, but. I just I just gotta go with one. Gotta go with one. If, uh, if I had to pick, I guess Jurassic Park. Nice. Like I'm always humming that shit in my head. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just like when they're fucking flying to the island. It's just it's fucking awesome. All right, I, I I agree with that one, Christian. I was planning on saying Star Wars, but after giving it some thought, I'm gonna have to go with Lord of the Rings and Howard. God Schwartz. damn it, Fuck that was you. mine. <laughs> That was totally mine. That is, I it was doesn't get better than that. that. You've got well. motifs for every part of the movie. It's just the best. Oh, man. The movie isn't the same without the soundtrack. But if I'm going to pick a movie that's like similar to Adam's, I think Boogie Nights has a pretty good soundtrack in terms of real music. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Lord of the Rings is my answer. I'm sorry, guys. I just want to say, I would say that Lord of the Rings probably is a better soundtrack than Jurassic Park, but I just remember Jurassic Park better, so I went with that. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, you totally took mine. I Everything have nothing John after Williams that. Has ever done is- nothing. Uh, I'll probably I'll go with Star or Star Wars because it's so memorable. Oh but, yeah. Uh, like Lord of the Rings was on my mind. That's immediately what came to mind when you said that. So that's what came to my mind as well, and Star Wars <laughs> was next. <laughs> But you know what I'll say instead of all those because I mean since they're already out there, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, that's a good one. For oh me. yeah, yeah, nice. I, yeah, I got like, a lot of good potential there. I really like that one. Really they do it. They it. do it really well too. Yeah. Like he even just like the way he kills the last guy. It's like a fucking dance off. Yeah, bro. Very. Here's one people don't think about a lot that has it's a TV show, not a movie. But I don't think the X Files would have been nearly what it was without the soundtrack. Oh. Like even the incidental sounds, their sound yeah. design was spot on. I was creeped out before the episode began. Scary <laughs> mm. fucking music. I. I I think I watched a ton of X Files growing up. They did the Hills Have Eyes before the Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> that was the evil redneck episode that every show from Hollywood had to have in the nineties. <laughs> Ooh, spooky country people! <laughs> Don't let them get close to your children. 
They'll eat them. <laughs> All right, close, closing thoughts. Anybody? Anything? Uh, yeah, does everybody have a favorite foreign language movie? Uh, oh, I mentioned Parasite. mine already. Yeah. Yeah, Parasite. There, that movie's perfect. I can't. Uh, my personally is uh, City of God. It's Brazilian, Portuguese, but uh, I don't know if anyone's seen it. I have not. That's all I had to add. Yeah. I the island. Give... The island was already in my list anyway, but shout out again to uh, to the island, Ostrov. Oh, I can't think of the the name and it's gonna haunt me. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna ask I, I feel like I'll explain it, hopefully, and you guys will understand it. You've only got two lifelines left. It's a movie from, I believe, the 90s. And this little girl, I believe, is at this... It's kind of like a... I don't want to say fairy tale. It's like the haunted version of a fairy tale. And the monster there has eyes in its hands. Hands Labyrinth. 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 Yeah. That was mid-2000s, I think. Okay. That was a Spanish language one, but I forget if it was from Spain or Guillermo del Toro. Oh, it was Guillermo. Pokemon Pinocchio. Thank you. That that one, like I was a spooky. It was spooky, spooky, but I I think about it all the time. So, hell yeah, it's a it's a good choice. Okay. Adam, any foreign language uh, films that really stuck out to you? Yeah, I probably only seen one or two ever i don't you didn't deal with that subtitle bullshit yeah pretty much well it looks like you're not a true anime king (laughs) i was actually i was gonna say like probably mewtwo strikes back (laughs) but you watched the dub though um yeah I mean, I guess it's, <laughs> it's, it's still, counts, it's, still for, right? it's foreign, but it's a foreign language. It's foreign with our language. When yeah. I was in high school, I used to go to the movies with uh, a group of friends all the time. And one of the friends uh, I've mentioned on a previous episode, um, he went to, you know, go into the coal mines, dropped out of high school, went to the coal mines. But he was big redneck. Big, big, big redneck, and uh, Inglorious Bastards came out, and we went to go see it in theaters. And approximately ten minutes, maybe ten minutes. I don't know if he even made it that far into the movie. He stood up in the middle of the theater that was packed, and he goes, "I didn't pay no goddamn money to read a fucking book," and he left. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Fuck. Oh man, that took a turn. I thought you were gonna say you were you, you used to be friends with Homer Hickam. <laughs> October I saw Spring, that yeah. movie. That was a good movie. It's a fantastic movie. I can actually, actually met the Homer Hickam. I did think of one foreign language <laughs> movie that I I enjoyed that I know I've seen at least just to throw it out there, and that is The 400 Blows. Oh, it's fucking, that's my favorite French film. That movie's perfect. Perfect. That's pretty good. Never heard of it. No idea what it's about. It sounds like a porn. It's about a boy <laughs> who is lives in a troubled household, and he runs away. And yeah, it's a porn. And gets caught up into some <laughs> shit. <laughs> just tries to make it on his own as a 12-year-old. Base. I don't know how old he is, but it's... It's, it's, about, a, it's about a young... Jewish French boy who uh, runs away at twelve and starts a tax agency, and uh, you know it's a very—he's just trying to pay for his bar mitzvah. So, wait, this sounds familiar. Which one? <laughs> does he does he buy some magic beans? <laughs> yeah, you know it's from the director of uh, you know of uh, wild turkeys. This is the part where we confuse the audience. This is the part where we end the episode. 
All right, everybody. It is. I, I see an hour and seven minutes now. So at we this point, been, yeah, so much. We are going to end it, and I really hope that everybody enjoyed today's episode. And thank you, Christian, for joining. It almost felt a little bit forced because we tricked you into playing GeoGuessr and then made you do a podcast instead. So I no. appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, Let me know when you guys cool. do a movie part two. I'll be here. I can talk movies for you. We definitely will. Uh, Adam, you are breathing very heavily. Are you okay? <laughs> what are you What are you touching right now, leaning back laughing. like that? Thinking about the <laughs> 400 Boy movie or whatever it was. <laughs> 400 Blows. Really... He's petting his woolly worm. What was that inside of before you got it into your hands? <laughs> All I hear is... <sighs> and see your video going (laughs) anyway okay we're gonna end it there thank you so much for everybody for watching or listening sorry not watching um listening to uh, they better not be watching or uh this is now also porn china is watching but uh thank you for listening to this episode terrible tirades and thank you all for joining us so we will see you on the next episode (laughs) 